Welcome to Catholic Messenger Conversations podcast. Today we have Bishop Thomas Sincula and Director of Evangelization Patrick Schmadke with us today. And we are going to talk about the draft report of the Diocesan Synod, which is now available to the people of the diocese to read. In fact, it's a two-page spread in the Catholic Messenger this week, and online as well. So we want to find out what we've learned from the listening sessions that were held throughout the diocese and what happens next. So I was just wondering, Bishop and Patrick, if you could sort of, I know we can't know exactly what's going to happen next, but you can talk us, to us about the uh, discernment process, right? So I guess I want to ask you, first of all, Bishop, I understand that you participated in a conversation with the National Association for Lay Ministry focusing on the C-Judge-Act method of analysis. And so I'm just wondering, in the context of the con conversation, was, this with the, uh, was on the synod? I guess the con context of the conversation was on the synod, correct? Right. And so your role in the conversation was about listening? Right. So there were three panels. Each panel had a bishop and two lay people, theologians and people working in parishes or what have you in ministry, lay ministry, and, um, and, and so ours, mine was on listening, first, the first, and then mm -hmm. the next one's on judging, discerning, whatever, and then action um, kind of a thing. So, um, yeah, so it was, it was very good. It was online, um, the people from around the country, and I, it was, I don't know, the, some things that, that people picked up on were like, and what we talked about the th the three panelists was a lot about relationship, relationships and and experiences. That that's a, for listening to be in relationship with somebody and to have an experience with them, you know. Um, and so I was I shared in terms of uh, um, just you know, what this looks like and an experience of this of this sort of thing was the transgender committee. I talked about what we've been doing with that oh, yeah. and, and listening to people and taking our time. And that got a lot of chat, chatter in the chat feature. People were, um, and they wanted to, when they had questions afterwards, uh, the, the, the participants, they wanted to talk more about that. And like, you should write something on that. And, you know, as I, and I said, the Catholic Messenger. Has been doing that. It's out there, and people have picked up on it. And you can just Google it; you'll find it's kind of, find that kind of thing. So that was, you, was very interesting. They were really kind of, you know, um, interested in that and taken by that, which is like, okay, we're just we're just finding our way. So that was good. And then I talked about um, it, 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 we had a chance to give do an introductory thing, and I I talked about the. Uh, Council of Jerusalem, because that was in the daily readings a couple weeks ago, and then it was on the sixth Sunday of of uh, Easter. The um, re I read actually uh, from the Acts of the Apostles. Yes. So I kind of talk about that because I, I, you know, I can do a big, huge spiel on that. But I, there's a lot of things about listening that um, I think you can pull out of that that council. I mean, it was the first synod, right? I mean, that was the first synod in the church, and so from the very beginning and. You know, um, there's this atmosphere of openness and trust. You know, that's that's the tone that they set. They're they're rational and reasonable. There's gentle, respectful debate and discussion, and you know, ultimately negotiation and compromise. There's and there's prayer. They're open to the guidance and inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Um, and you know, in the letter that they 
right <clears throat> after their decision. You know, they say it's the decision of the Holy Spirit in us. So it's like okay. together, which is great. They make room for silence. After Peter spoke, the whole assembly, we're told the whole assembly fell silent and they listened while Paul and Barnabas spoke. So they give the Spirit time and space to move within and among them. Another thing is that they listened carefully to each other in order to understand the other's position. And so while Peter and Paul were speaking, no one interrupted them. The others waited patiently to to speak and the leaders didn't throw their weight around. And then um, finally, they they wisely, interestingly, agree to hear not only from Peter and Paul, and Barnabas, who were very much involved in the controversy about you know whether uh, the Mosaic law applies to these new um, Gentile converts, but they also heard from James, who wasn't who wasn't involved in the controversy. So they consulted a sensible, objective outsider um, who wasn't focused on defending his actions like the others were. But then the, I I think the most important thing uh, in it was in this whole thing was their perspective, really critical. You know, instead of it being a matter of you versus me, they viewed it's, the situation as, as both of us against the problem and something they had to you know, figure out together. So the disciples appear to have seen themselves not as sitting on opposite sides of the table with the problem between them, but rather as all of them sitting on the same side of the table with the, with the problem in front of them as they face it together. What a difference that makes. Um, wow, that's interesting. I wonder how they had the patience. We don't seem to have the patience to listen these days. Do, 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 I mean, I wonder how they, did they settle themselves in prayer? Is that how they had the patience to listen to one another? I would think undoubtedly, yeah. I think just, you know, to be open to the, the, the fruits of the Holy Spirit. I was thinking about that and preparing for this, um, this panel discussion. You know, there's patience and, and peace and joy and... Um, charity and those kinds of fruits, to be open to those fruits when we're engaging people in conversation, you know, what a difference that makes. Yes. Wow. That's really interesting. So how do we, well, I guess you've just just described that, how we prepare ourselves to listen more deeply to others. Any other tips? Patrick, do you have any suggestions? Space for silence comes to mind when we're sort of dialoguing through a problem it maybe takes several conversations to arrive at a conclusion. So space for silence and patience to work through it collaboratively uh, is just something I would add. And I'm wondering, I noticed something. I was struck by something yesterday. Before you, before you get to that, I was just going to yeah. say, someone in this, someone, one of the participants in this, um, in this um, conversation, whatever, was they, they said that, I've heard this before, I think, listen and silent have the same letters. Oh, that's interesting. Well, that's cool. It is. It is. Like, oh, yes, that's very Is that very just good. a coincidence? Or <laughs> okay, then help me with this. Yesterday I was having, and Patrick was there too, we were having a, I was having a debate with someone about a topic, and the person gave me a very dismissive look. So I think listening also involves gestures, uh, posture, I think because that can be, be very off-putting. If I already think that someone watching me is dismissing my point of view, that's just going to make me irritated or say, well, you don't, you're not valuing my opinion at all. You're not even listening. So I'm going to f- flip this around. So I'm going to ask you, Bart. So in that situation, how do you respond? When somebody's kind of being like that, how can you 
what how do you how do you have a how do you can how do you keep listening to that person and stay engaged to that person when they respond that way I think I need to take a breath to take really to it's like you said be silent which I wasn't silent but you know it would just maybe count to 10 maybe or do something to realize that this person has an opinion and I need to think about where they're coming from and where that opinion's coming from and yeah. Not worry about that person feeling dismissive. I guess I need to overlook that, maybe? Yeah, some things I think about depends on the situation. But sometimes when when people are, especially when they're, they're like really disrespectful, which is, that yeah. can be, you know, I, I sometimes think, or often actually, I try to think about, you know, if they're, if they're disrespectful and just really kind of ugly about things, yeah. you know, they maybe aren't in a very good, they, they aren't in a good place in their life. They can't be. You just won't be right. that way, even if you're passionate about something. So then it's like, not that it's an excuse for them right. to be that way, but there's, I need to maybe pray for this person and yeah. and, and, and recognize that there's, um, this is coming from a, maybe a dark place that, that they're struggling with. And so um, I think I, that's something I try to do in those situations sometimes. An additional thing, and I've learned this from parenting, it applies to adults and children equally, I think, is just like restating back to people what it is that they've shared. And in that act, they understand that they've been heard in this sort of accurate yeah. way. And then having themselves been heard, that might open up space for more conversation. That's a, yeah, that's a very good point. I think and, that's very good. Right. And sometimes you need to kind of sort through this stuff. Sometimes there's a kernel of truth there, even when they're you know they're nasty and they present something to you in, in, in not the best way, but like maybe and maybe that's some partly what we're reacting to that there is something here I need to pay attention to within in myself, you know, or this whatever however they're looking at whether their position is on a particular situation maybe there's something there that's there's some truth there maybe there's a lot of other stuff too but you know so I I think that, you know that that's something to to do as I think well. Pope Francis has said that there even there's a, there may be even a kernel of truth, and so you need to listen to that to even uh, accept that there's a kernel of a truth. You so, don't. Have. Uh, there's been you know situations in my life where somebody says something like you know, and your parents say you shouldn't say that to somebody, you know, whatever, but they just don't have a filter, or whatever. Yeah. And and they say something, and other people don't won't say it, and here is this thing that it's a blind spot, and you know, like I'm a no, I've. Uh, annoyed that they said this thing and then I reflect on it later and it's like yeah well you know maybe they exaggerated it or maybe whatever um, and there's more to it than just that but you know they're right this is something I wasn't seeing and God bless them thank you for telling me this and <laughs> that was really hard to hear and most people wouldn't say it wow and I suppose with listening sometimes too it's I need to understand what's going on, that something is going on in someone else's life. I need to realize people bring baggage with them, whether they realize what that baggage is or not, that we all do, that we've all got things that have happened during our day. So if we come together and misunderstand or misinterpret what someone is saying by the tone of their voice, we're not, we're not, uh, we, need, we need to be thinking a little more. That would be deep thinking, wouldn't it? To just yeah. be kind of... Stake, taking a step back or I don't know. You're making me think of just being hospitable in yeah. conversations, sort of being a a reference point and experience of hospitality to help people unpack the baggage that they themselves may not be aware that they're carrying. And then what does that do for a conversation? That, if we can lighten each other's load. Yes. 
And that happened yesterday again at, at, um, at the office. We realized um, a couple of us misunderstood each other and, and backed up, both apologized and realized that each had had misinterpreted what the other was saying based on some things that had happened early in the day in our personal lives. So that, that was really interesting. You need to maybe unpack that a little bit. And then so we ended up on, on a good, good start then. And so that was a really good experience. I just, I just really wanted to know a little bit more about deep listening because it's just not happening in our society today. And I, I see that especially with the social media. And that's an interesting thing, Patrick, because you're using social media a lot more in terms, and we're trying to, to, to try and evangelize, to try and, you know, help inspire people um, in their walk with, with Christ. So how do you... Social media is, is, has so many ups and downs, or mm. so many um, pitfalls. How do you how do you reconcile that? How do you use that to encourage people to be good listeners, or to encourage people to be thoughtful in their in their platform uh, pontificating, or whatever you call it? <laughs> yeah, this is a really important question. I think a helpful reference point that I found is that everything needs to ultimately drive towards personal encounter. So it's not just about staying on social media. Yes, there can be good content there, but we also want it to facilitate encounter and bring people into personal relationship with one another. Pope Francis has this language about evangelization and accompaniment that we need to remove our sandals before the sacred ground of the other, drawing on Moses in Exodus, mm -hmm. encountering God in the burning bush. If we see each other as images, as children of God, that really changes the ball game. Then you're not somebody who I just disagree with. You're an icon of divine love. Yeah, that's cool. That's very good. I was thinking about something that you had in one of your columns <clears throat> or your editorial thing mm -hmm. in the middle of the paper. Well, back I was I was looking I I don't know I had that and I came across that when I was preparing for this this convocation thing. Um, so you were quoting Pope Francis, what he had to say in the World Day of of um, for the for his message with regard to the World Day of Social Communications, oh, yeah. and he said <clears throat> we all have ears, but many times even those with perfect hearing are unable to hear another person. Listening concerns the whole person not just the sense of hearing. The true seat of listening is the heart. So if we start yeah. with our hearts, listen to our hearts, and then focus on the whole person, not this is one thing that sort of annoys us, whatever, but the whole yeah. person. That's right. And love. And we, you know, none of us do that perfectly, but it's, it's something to strive for. I, I think that's a good point, because I was thinking about that person yesterday that I was having a debate with, and I stepped back for a moment and I realized... You know he's very vulnerable, and there, 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 there were. I just thought about him, and I thought, you know, I need, I need to give him some space. I need to um, acknowledge and affirm some of the things he's thinking. And I, you know, so I, I do. So I do like that. You know, that, that's where the heart part comes in. I think the h e r h e a r t part. Right. But so um, I'm wondering. You have another role in the synod sentencing process. What does that involve? 
And who's insisting you on right, that so process? I, maybe before we get to that, I, and I can talk about that. So we've done our listening sessions mm -hmm. in, in the diocese, and every diocese is doing this, and then we have to, we've have, we put together a, a summary of that. And um, maybe Patrick can just talk a little bit about a little bit about that, that process and where that's at, and then, you know, and, and you know, kind of how that f f um, concludes, and then I can talk about the next step, which was your, which was what you're getting. Yeah, at. sure. So quickly, the last month has been the pr process of synthesizing, which involved 34 committee members reading the 13,000 plus comments and identifying themes, and what it is that people are saying about these themes or topics that emerged. From there, it was written into a 10-page document, uh, which is now drafted. There's a two-week period for public comment from people around the diocese, and then we'll account for how, those. How will they have access to it? Great question. So through the Catholic Messenger. <laughs> of course. Thank you. <laughs> which I saw today printed. It's. It looks cool. Is it does. the website, too? Is it's it? also on yeah. the website. Yeah. Yep. So people can respond with feedback through email or an online form, or mail things to the chancery. There's more details to be found in the Catholic Messenger. Right. Thank you, Patrick and, then, and Bishop. Right, and then we hear that and maybe adjust some things in there. Mm -hmm. Yep, so we'll take all the comments submitted into account for pur the purpose of the final draft, which we'll send on by the end of June. So we thought that that was going to um, the um, Bishop's Conference, the USCCB in Washington. That's what everyone was kind of presuming, and then and then they put to, to all the dioceses sends send their uh, summaries there, and then they put together their summary and our summary for the United States, and then it goes on to the continents, and then on to Rome, and then there I mean summaries there, and then on to Rome. But um, I discovered a while back that no, it's gonna go to the regions first. There's the um, you know it's all the church is very organized, very Roman, you know, in terms of. Being orderly, so there's you know there's parishes, there's you know the whole world is divided up into parishes, and and then there's deaneries, you know, kind of a thing that we have in our. Um, so there's parishes make up a deanery, and the deaneries make up a, a diocese, and then there's provinces, like our province is Iowa, the four dioceses, and then there's regions. Our region is um, Iowa, Nebraska, Missouri, and Kansas. And then there's bishops' conferences, national conferences. So, and then there's a whole universal church. So, it so they decided that rather than all these things going to all these summaries going to the bishops' conference, and they have to deal with all that, they they we send ours. Everyone in our region sends sends their um, summary um, to the region, right? And, and and so there's like I think I don't know maybe sixteen or there's about like four three, four, five dioceses in every state, like, you know, I'm not, I'm not sure. So um, and it turns out, and then they, and then that, each region puts it, pulls together a summary of, of the summaries. And it turns out that I'm, I just happen to be the regional rep for our region. <laughs> so, so, oh, by the way, here's this, here's something that you have the opportunity to deal with in your role. So I'm, Responsible now for for this process of for doing that, and I, and I have a team. Um, they they suggested they, they said you know form a four to six member team from from those dioceses. Mm -hmm. So um, there's there's five. I put it out there to the bishops, and there's there's five people that um, that were involved 
like the point person and for right. their, their diocese for the synod and and Patrick is going to help me with that because because cool. he, he's be employed by the diocese and and so I can like Patrick do you, you want to do this don't you and he's like yes please he's I like, was going to take time off in June <laughs> he said he says some more 17 18 hour days right <laughs> yeah sign me up it'll be really interesting I'm looking forward it will to be it. and it'll be different it won't be like oh, how that's many pages good. were there comments that we had like, oh my gosh oh my gosh so it's not that it's taking the summary it'll be a different, oh, a different oh, good. feel to it because that was yeah. almost did you not kind of want to pull your hair out of your head except you don't have a lot of hair on your head that's why <laughs> the people like you people like you give me a hard give me a hard time they don't put a they don't put a marble top on a cheap table <laughs> No, I think um, yeah, it should be. It'll be it'll be a different sort of a process, uh, you know. Um, and it'll be interesting to see kind of what 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 they hear because you wouldn't see that otherwise. That's exciting. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we'll get to learn from what everybody else did. Yeah, right. And the Midwest, so it's kind of you know we got that. And so those regional reports, then we'll go to the USCCB, right. and then they take, and then they often. summarize those. Okay. Wow, I'm Quite really curious to hear what. It'll be interesting to see what actually gets to the Synod of Bishops in Rome to see what comments you can glean out of it that, like, you know, reflected our diocese comments. Or, oh, yeah, really. Yeah. There'll be a lot of it. will be some, you know, some similar things. Some repetitive. I mean, yeah. Yeah, there sure. could be, yeah. I mean, it'd be interesting to see if that um, our bishops' conference, because we're supposed to be transparent, and, and sh- right. you know, it'd be interesting to see if they publish. What ours is? Oh, the regional report. Well, the regional and also the national. I, oh, I'm curious. Yeah. I would like to yeah. see all of that. Mm-hmm. We're supposed to do that, so we'll see if they. I mean, what's the secret? What's so? The when secret? is your report due? The regional. They haven't report. said yet. Okay. Yeah. Because the bishop synod in Rome is in 2023, like October or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. there's a little bit of time, obviously. Right. But I mean, so how many? Reports go to the USCCB. I wonder. I mean, because there's a, is there like almost 200 dioceses in the? No, but there's country? you're talking regions now. Right. So, so regions. Maybe, I don't know how many regions are. Twelve to oh, okay. fifteen. Okay. Okay. We're number nine, so I don't know. Oh, okay. At the most, there's maybe fifteen. I don't know. So it's, okay. it's reasonable. Okay. So what? Okay. So what are next steps in our our diocese? What what's what's happening now? Can you describe the the now are we in the discernment process or what's what's happening right yeah, now? Yeah, I would say yeah that we're. Um, I mean, you know, we need to sit with it and reflect on what we heard, and there's no rush to, to right. kind of go to action. Okay, what are we going to do? You know, who knows? But um, but we are. I mean, I don't know what other dioceses are going to do. There, there's some probably that'll just say, okay, we're done with this and we can continue on with life. But I don't think we're not going to do that. You know, no. I mean, that's not what Pope Francis will do. He'll put together something and, okay, here's what we're going to do with this. So we can do, th- on our level, right. just process what we've heard and, and, and discern. And and so we're talking about um, how to do that. That's where we're at right now. Like, what, what might that look like? Oh, that's interesting. Well, can you talk about either one of you um, or both of you about what were some of the surprises or some of the things that weren't so surprising to you from the... From the listening Patrick session, Patrick is way more conversant about this than I am. One of the things that I most appreciated that the report brings to light is the 
vastly different experiences that people have of the church across the diocese. Yeah. And that could be on any given topic. There's that topic breaks one person's heart and fills another person's heart. So I'm appreciative that the report does a good job of reflecting that back to people. Cause that's important to be aware of that. Um, we don't all have the same experience of the church and we come together as community with these different experiences. So, um, I mean, I knew cognitively that people have different experiences of the church, but this report this summer really drives that home in a way that I think is impactful. So that's going to be hard to tease that out, isn't it? When you've got people saying, this breaks my heart, this fills my heart, like for instance, on church teaching or on music and the liturgy. So how do you, how do you reconcile those very divergent um, I mean, Pope Francis said that this would be messy. It is messy, and you know, and we were so afraid of of messiness. Yeah. And, but boy, that's pretty much life. It gets it just gets messy in one way or another. So I I don't think we need to be afraid of tension. Right. Mm-hmm. It's not like oh, thank God, there's this more tension in my life. But tension can be. Uh, it can, depending on what you do with it, it can be very destructive, or it can be, you know, it can constructive. I mean, you can, it, you can, um, it can if you open, invite the spirit into it, and like there's tension at the Council of Jerusalem, and right? They, you know, it became it resulted in, in there's a good outcome with that, ultimately because of how they approached it and listening to each other and prayer and all that whole thing. So, um, yeah, this is. Okay, let's. How do we? How are we going to deal with this tension? And hopefully, we've learned through the synod that listening is the key to resolving tension. Yeah, and so it continues. It's not like okay, mm-hmm. we're not listening. Now we do the the judging and the acting. I mean, the even in the documents themselves, Patrick drew this to my attention that for the preparatory document and then the vatimacum. Mm-hmm. Um, it they ta- it talks about. You know, okay, you know about um, uh, uh, the the discernment part of things, the action that that listening conti- it's, that's a part of those things too. Right. It's it's not just all of us. Okay, we're done listening, but like for instance, it says I have this in front of me because um I had it for these uh this um lay ministry thing. Um. So it says the temptation. It talks about the temptation of focusing only only on structures, and it says the synodal process will naturally call for a renewal of structures at various levels of the church or action, you know, whatever, in order to foster um, deeper communion, fuller participation, and more fruitful mission. At the same time, the experience of synodality should not focus first and foremost on structures, but on the experience of journeying together, journeying together to uh, to discern the path forward, inspired by the Holy Spirit, um, the conversion uh, and renewal of structures will come about only through the ongoing conversion and renewal of all the members of the body of Christ. So it's it's continues it's, this relationship and um, and uh, dialogue, and which obviously should include deep listening. That's that's supposed to be part of our decision making process as well and our discernment process it continues uh, the, throughout the whole thing 
That's cool. What does that look like? What do you see that? I mean, what do you envision with this whole, the idea of listening? I mean, I love the idea of that we just need to really take time to listen. So what, uh, is there some kind of structure? I mean, it's organic. What, 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 uh, what does it look like in our diocese? We continue conversations. We encourage conversation at the parish level, at the diocesan level. I mean, what, what do you, what do you think that looks like? Well, you kind like? of talking about like how to form people to yeah. to listen better, and we talked a little bit about that early on with prayer and um, and encounter and walking with each other, and but yeah, I'm thinking of the example you brought up earlier, just music and liturgy, right. So it's one thing to ask, like, what breaks your heart? And somebody to say, I love this music, or I don't like this music. And for another person to say, I love this music. Right. You need, we need to move into sort of the next layer of the conversation. Well, like, why? Why yeah, is it yeah, yeah. that that breaks your heart? And that moves us from a space of sort of exchanging data. This fact sort of breaks your heart or this fact fills your heart into a deeper relationship. So all of a sudden, I understand what's at stake for you in this topic or in this experience. And so I don't just um, see you then as someone who disagrees with me. I see you as someone who has a set of experiences over the course of your life, perhaps that informs this sort of thing that's broken right. or filled your heart. And then I sort of um, have to own that then because I've heard you share your experience in this deep way. I can't just see you anymore as someone merely who disagrees. That's a good point. I think, and, and right. So I think, but it, it begins with ourselves, right? right. You know, in terms of like Mahatma Gandhi was. I think uh, he's he's the person who's uh, kind of credited with saying, "You must be the change you wish to see in the world." Yeah. You know, so um, what's going on with me? How do I? How do I? We just the stuff we've been talking about. Do right. I listen very deeply? And um, you know, I think about when I was kind of thinking about this this um, convocation or conference, whatever this thing was that I was participating in this morning. I was thinking about people who, um, like role models for listening, patron saints of listening. And so Mother Teresa, this, you'd always hear about her, and I experienced this myself, you know, she gives, and, and Pope Francis, and um, maybe, maybe um, you know, uh, you know, well, maybe Mahatma Gandhi, I don't know, but that, they give their um, full, undivided, genuine, sincere, loving attention to the person in front of them. You just, you feel it, you know it. It's just, you know, and um, that in and of itself is transformative. And it's like, I wanna be like them. I wanna be like, I wanna, I wanna be like that. So that's, that in and of itself goes a long way. And we all can work on that. Yeah. And so that, just, just that, um, can really help, uh, you know, in in, in 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 our conversations with folks, and but that's I appreciate that very much. That's very very helpful. It's making me feel like wow, I can be a better listener from the get go right now. When I was talking, and I was talking to Francis to uh, Patrick about about this, getting ready for this um, this uh, panel discussion, whatever, and like when I. Um, what, when someone says after a conversation, this that was a really great conversation. It was really great. You know, often the reason they feel that way 
is because they talked a lot. So, that, you know, somebody that's really good about what do you think about this and engaging somebody in conversation, m- more often, at least I, you know, I think I and a lot of people, you want to do the talking, you know, kind of you, you kind of want to say your stuff. And and um, we all know people who really, um, you know, are good at that. And we all can be that way in certain certain respects. But but to to get somebody else talking, we all want to talk. And the, and the more somebody talks, the more they're afterwards they're going to say, that was a great conversation, you know. So those kinds of things go a long ways. That's very interesting. So this is the last question. We've got to wrap things up. What happens, you know, there, there are some people who said, we hope this report doesn't end up, you know, on a shelf collecting dust. So this diocesan synod report. So what? how can you assure them that's not going to happen? Well, I... You know, I can tell, I can say that we, um, that's something we don't want. You know, I can't say, well, this is exactly what's going to happen, but we're just, you know, we're still in this process of um, uh, finalizing the summary. But um, we want to do some discernment. And, and, and we've, you know, we've heard, we've listened a lot, a lot to folks with this process in a big way, but also Rediscovering Sunday, where there's a survey and we list people then, and, and Vision 2020, there was uh, listening sessions, remember that? Yep. In the fall of that year. And so we've heard a lot, and we need to keep listening, like we were saying, we need to keep doing that. But, but while we continue to listen, and, and you know, we need to kind of start discerning what we've heard and, 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 um, and, 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 you know, and, you know, and, and, and involve continued listening with that whole process and then, and then move to action eventually. So we're thinking, you know, I have some ideas on that. It's too um, early on to talk about it, you know, um, in this manner. But with the staff at the chancery, we're, we're, we're talking about the next step. What do we want to do? Like, what, what kind of process do we want to do, use for, for discernment? Uh, and then we'll see where that goes. Oh, good. And we'll share that with listeners. Eventually. <laughs> yeah, at, at another upcoming podcast. I would just want to add briefly that the sort of like making sure this doesn't sit on a shelf yeah. can also be in the hands of the listeners because this document is publicly available. Right. And so what is it that people at the parish level think can be done with the insights gained through this experience. Way too much work has been done to let this sit on a shelf. That will not be happening. <laughs> Very good. And they can continue their what, 58,000 cups of coffee mm-hmm. conversations. I mean, yeah. that was listening, but okay, it could be more of a dialogue the next time, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I mean, with, with still focus heavily on listening, but that can continue. Hopefully there's that can become a pattern for people. Exactly. And... In the uh, in the reports, the online submission form for the cups of coffee, one question we asked was, "Do you plan to follow up with this person?" Sort of a yes, no, maybe. I forget the exact percentage breakdown, but the vast majority said yes. I'm going to follow up with this person. So there's energy there yeah, for that to continue. Kind of broke the ice, maybe for people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's definitely a caffeine stimulant or conversation, <laughs> right? Thank you. Yes. We'll end on that note, and look forward to having you back for another podcast in the future. Sounds great. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.